Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hi, folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 259, recorded live on the YDF Media Network on October 3rd, 2023. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, Pete. What's going on? How are you feeling? <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, so that should be a... Uh indicator folks we are two lifelong disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of disney alive in our lives every day we want to share that magic with you so pull up a chair gather the family or pop in your favorite set of headphones and let's experience the magic together beat kevin oh my friend uh how has the last week treated you i know you are in the the wind up the final countdown if you will um yeah your your, your disneyland trip it's always a little crazy i never get enough done each day it's it's you know it is what it is so you leave on Thursday. When do you return? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Very, very cool. That That's awesome. Um, I'm going to have to have a, a guest host next week then. That means I'm going oh, to yeah. I'm have to look through the, uh, through the old Rolodex and uh, see who I can come up with. That's true. I won't be here Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually our time to do it. Um, and, you know, and our patrons get early access to the show. Uh, so yeah, that, but then when you are back, we can look forward to everyone's favorite show of the year, the Peter Mantle trip report. Yeah. Let's hope it's great. <laughs> I would, I would not want a bad one. Yeah, no, I, we haven't had a bad one yet. Even the year that you okay. were like super sick. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, we have, uh, got a great show for you guys today. We've got, you know, news, we've got a good e-ticket attraction going on. Um, so I was feeling so much better. And then, like, I pushed myself way too hard last week because I was a book deadline. And, like, I was okay. so I was so behind from being sick. And so, I mean, I'm talking, like, in, in a 48-hour period, I had maybe three hours of sleep. And when I, I don't, I don't type my books anymore because I was starting to get, like, a carpal tunnel in my left hand. Okay. So I dictate, I have dictation software and I dictate the books. And oh my goodness, like I finished the book Saturday morning and by Saturday afternoon, I was an absolute coughing, disgusting mess. Like, I'm not going to say I'm full blown sick again yet, but I'm like almost full blown. Sick. I'm like really trying to nip it. So you're saying when people read this book, there's going to be cough, cough, cough all throughout the book. Yeah, basically the dictation software picks that up 100%. So you'll get all the coughing fits as intended by the by the original author. It's awesome. So it all goes to my my you know vision. A uh, big thank you to our patron family this week. You know we always love you guys. Thank you so much for helping out, supporting the show, enjoying all that great exclusive content that you guys are getting, including early access to the main show uh, and things like the patron show, things like the Geek Watchtower, which will be coming at you guys. I believe next week we're gonna do that because we're gonna do an entire Ahsoka breakdown. Like yeah, Ahsoka tonight. roundup. Yeah, because it ends tonight, right? does i can't wait i know very very exciting and then we'll be going into loki 
Yeah. Come on, see you. I'm excited about that too. I you know what? I'm I'm cautiously excited about that as well. I, I didn't hate the Loki show like so many others seem to have. Oh um, no, I think it's everybody's favorite. I yeah. which I don't get either. It's not my favorite, but it's it not is my, you it know, it's, good. it's definitely not my favorite show, but I did enjoy it. I really did like it. Um so I'm looking forward to seeing what Tom Hiddleston is gonna bring to the table. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, big thanks to our patron family. You guys are the best. If you want to become a patron of the show, we have, uh, tiers ranging from $3 a month all the way up to $50 a month. You get so many different things. We are, um, after three months you get merchandise. So all of our our patrons that have been with us since the beginning are going to be getting merch, um, coming up. Like I think this month they're going to be getting their merch. That's pretty exciting. This month or next month. I, I'm not doing the math in my head right now. But uh, yeah, so the merch is coming. Uh, we're going to be having uh, some of our um, ultimate Mousers uh, going to be guest hosting on the show a little bit. We're going to do some that's exciting. with them. I'm very excited for that. Love that. Um, you know, so our two upper tiers, I mean, on the $35 tier, which I don't believe anyone is on yet. I think that one's that one's still empty. Like you're either going all the way at the $50 or you're going like partial part of the way on the 15 or, or five or three. Right. Um, the, um, so yeah, part of the being an ultimate mouse or $50 a month is after three months, you get to guest host a, um, a top 10 list with us. So okay. I'm very excited for that. Uh, all right. So you're ready to hop into the news this week. Let's do it. The news brought to you by our friends over at away with me travel. Uh, who will plan your vacation at no additional cost to you, not just Walt Disney World, anywhere in the world, but they are Disney specialists, uh, having booked Pete's epic Disneyland trip that he leaves for in a few in just a few days with an Oogie Boogie Bash ticket at a time in which they were impossible to get. So, you know, very, very excited uh, to always to be working with, uh, you know, Justin over at Away With Me Travel and all of his great team over there. So kudos to them. Very exciting. Thank Very you. Very exciting. Yes. Um, oh, also, you know, by the way, I did want to, um, you know, bring up one thing that I was just talking to Justin about yesterday is there. Um, so DDP today has got a um, a running team going on for one of the run Disney races coming up and they're raising money for a uh, children's cancer charity called Base Camp. So okay. I wanted to just give a quick plug for that. So Base Camp is an Orlando based charity that have been supporting children and families who are fighting cancer. So uh, DDP today and by extension to Men in the Mouse, because it's all part of the YDF Media Network, we're all coming together to raise money for this charity to help kids and their families. 100% of the donations go directly to support these kids and families. So nobody's, you know, skimming off the top or anything. Any money that's donated is going right to help this good cause. Uh, you can go to basecamp.org slash DDP for BC to donate today. And that is going to be. You know, for a really good cause, hoping to raise a lot of money, um, you know, for this charity as part of the, um, you know, the DDP and YDF uh, running team. I will not be running, but I will be donating. I love that. There you go. Yeah, I don't run. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, as much as I do want that race bib, because every once in a while, you know, you're eating some food that might be a little messy and you don't want to get your cool ducktails shirt like i'm wearing today um you know messy so you know that race bib really comes in handy they should just make like regular bibs with like numbers on them i i would enjoy that like 1340 like yeah I would, I'm they just know. all look like race bibs yeah yeah i just like that they're called bibs uh all right so ready for we have no worldwide news this week but we do have some resort news okay 
The watercraft will be resuming service between Disney's Contemporary Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Resorts at Walt Disney World. Now, that watercraft transportation is returning to Bay Lake. Um, the boats are following the blue route, which is identified by their signature blue signature blue flags. And those are scheduled to resume uh, afternoon and evening services starting uh, was started on October 1st. So the blue route has been unavailable since the pandemic closure of Walt Disney World in 2020. So that is um, it connects the contemporary, the Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness, just the resorts. It's not the uh, not to Magic Kingdom. So I guess if you wanted to, like, go between those resorts, I feel like that's almost kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, like right now, there really is no boat craft going to, you know, like from like the one that I had been on just goes from Magic Kingdom to Fort Wilderness. So I don't know. Maybe if you want to get to one of these other resorts and you don't want to take a bus, it it helps, I guess. Yeah, the boats are more scenic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I look, I, I love, I always love, a, I always love a Disney boat ride. Who doesn't? Yeah, they are, they are by far and away my favorite uh, mode of Disney transportation or watercraft. Mm, more, than, more than the monorail? Oh, okay. You know me and the monorail. I hate the monorail. Hmm. I loved the monorail before I lived here. And then, you know, when you, when you get stuck on the monorail more than once and it's just kind of like, oh, I hear you. Uh, all right. Water park news. Disney is offering a new seasonal water park pass okay for folks uh so yeah this is a seasonal pass for walt disney world water parks priced at 79 dollars for adults and 73 dollars for children ages three to nine the new seasonal water pass gives you access to typhoon lagoon and blizzard beach whichever one is open at the time uh from now through may 24th 2024 all right yep the disney water park seasonal pass is valid for admission to disney's blizzard beach water park or Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park, whichever is open. Typhoon Lagoon Water Park is currently open, and Blizzard Beach is closed at this time. Uh, the passes are non-transferable, non-refundable, must be used by the same person on all days, and exclude activities, events separately priced or not open to the general public, like the uh, DVC H2O Glow events. And parking at Disney Water Parks is always complimentary. There is no uh, charge to park there. So... Yeah, we um, you know, I I just re-upped my pass and I got the water park um option again because you, I know I know you're a fan of the water park. Yeah, no, they're fun. Love it. I like uh, that. Yeah, the uh, so we're gonna be going again. I just I really want Blizzard Beach to reopen already because I mean I love Typhoon Lagoon, but like I'm re- like when I got this water park pass, I was really looking forward to Blizzard Beach, right? Because like I said, I haven't been there since 1997, so you know. And, and you know what? I I can't wait to see what's changed. And by that, I mean nothing. Uh, no, there's a couple <laughs> things have changed. Like they, they've added like the frozen elements and stuff like that. So, right, right. you know, but nothing that I'm going to like directly interact with because that's all in like a kid's area. Um, Magic Kingdom news. We are starting to see nights in November and December sell out for Mickey's very merry Christmas party. See, that makes sense. November 10th and December 14th are the latest dates to sell out for this event. Ticket prices for the year range from $159 to $199 per person. A $10 discount is available for DVC and APs on many nights, including some dates in December. Um, So the dates that are sold out are November 9th and 10th and December 14th. So it's the first two nights and then a random night in December. 
So uh, returning shows and entertainment include Mickey's most merriest celebration, Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks and Mickey's once upon a Christmas time parade. Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party takes place from 7 p.m. to midnight, and ticket holders are admitted into the Magic Kingdom Park as early as 4 p.m. on the valid date of their ticket. So, there you have it. They charge an awful lot, and people keep going. They really do. So, it just goes to show you how, like, fun those, you know, those parties really are. Yeah, and like how, said, how I, much people are willing to pay. I did not go to Not So Scary this year, um, but it's sold out every night. Right. Like now it is officially sold out every single remaining night. So, you know, I guess people are, you know, they, they're like, oh, we could keep Josh tomorrow. It's like, yes, we can keep charging more. So, yeah. you know, you, you got to give him a big win after he got mauled by that bear. Seriously, good for him. But you know what? He did beat it in the end. He got rid of that bear. So, you the know, the whole park could open. The whole park could open because Josh tomorrow fought a bear with just nothing but his bare hands. Yeah. I love that. Epcot news. We have new spaceship earth inspired cast member costumes in Epcot. So they're really going all in on this spaceship earth like motif in, in Epcot lately. And I'm a big fan of it. Like you're seeing it on costumes. You're seeing it on merchandise. I love it. So I like ca- it also. yep. Cast members in world celebration have uh, new costumes drawing inspiration from the geodesic triangles of spaceship earth. They're like black or like gray uh, shirts that have the geodesic triangles on one side. Um, I've seen light blue. I've seen purple. So um, I've seen bl- there's, there's blue. So uh, they comes in a variety of colors. So um all of them are worn in the same location. So I like that there's some variety. Like, not everyone is completely uniform. Yeah, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. All right, Luminous Dining Packages are now available uh, to book over at Epcot for the new Nighttime Spectacular Luminous. Guests with Fireworks Dining Packages reservations on nights through December 4th, 2023. will see Epcot forever. And starting December 5th, 2023, guests will see the new Fireworks Spectacular Luminous, the Symphony of Us. The Spice Road Table Package is $79, and the Rose and Crown Package is priced at $89. The 90-minute packages include uh, unlimited beverages and tableside viewing of the Nighttime Spectacular. Um, So Spice Road Table gives you your choice of two small plates, a shared tagine available starting May 15, 2023, a dessert platter, unlimited beverages, and guests must be 21 years of age or older to drink alcohol, as is, you know, a U.S law um so it's 79 per person and 29 per child ages three to nine uh theme park admission is required for this but not included in the price of this package then at rose and crown your dining package includes a prefix menu where you can choose one appetizer one entree one dessert and a selection of unlimited beverages that is 89 per person and 39 per child now would you ever, have you ever done one of these like these dining no. packages? No, me neither. I have not. I don't think I ever would. It doesn't seem like something I need to do. I mean, maybe if I was like, hey, I'm going to eat at Rosen Crown this night anyway. Like, but how much more expensive is this? Is this than a normal meal at Rosen Crown? Like, are you spending ninety? I don't think you're spending ninety dollars per no. person at no. Rosen Crown Pub. Like, maybe fifty. Like, if that. Like, right. Or like forty or thirty, I, I, yeah. From what I remember, Rosen Crown, it wasn't like you know no. super fine dining. It wasn't like Gordon Ramsay level. Like speaking of Gordon Ramsay, can can I just like say for a second, 
we started watching this show called Next Level Chef. Uh huh. The other day, have you watched this? I've seen every episode. This show is insane. It's pretty fun, actually. It's so much fun. It's such a cool concept, though. You know, I really have to. I, I was really starting to question the mentorship aspect of this. So you got Gordon Ramsay, you've got Blaze, and you've got Naisha. Uh, as like the mentors and like they're mentoring right. these chefs and you've got the three different levels of kitchens. You got like the super state of the art, awesome kitchen. You've got the kind of normal middle of the road kitchen and you've got the basement kitchen, which is just like a nightmare supposedly. Um, and then, you know, like the chefs are like their mentors and I'm not seeing a lot of mentorship going on here. I'm seeing a lot of like, Oh, you got cube steak there. You know, uh, that's a difficult piece of meat to work with. But, you know, you've really got to take it to the next level if you want to stay in this competition. And they walk away and I'm like, oh, great, great mentorship. Thank you. Well, how far into it are you? Like two episodes. Oh, three, yeah, three give, episodes, three episodes. Give give it a little time. OK, uh, I was thinking about turning a drinking game into every time they say the word next level. Oh, that's funny. It just, it'll randomly cut to Naisha. And she's like, well, I'm looking for the next level chef. Like, really? Thank you, Naisha. Thank you for letting us know that you're looking for the next level chef. I had no idea. Did you watch Kitchen Nightmares last night? I watched the one from last week. I have not watched this week's yet because I watched it on yeah. Hulu. Right. So we will likely watch that tonight. But last week's was crazy. The one in the, in the diner in Queens. Yep. That, that They had a kitchen underneath their kitchen. Yeah. It was like on Power Rangers when they had the command center underneath the command center in the Zeo season. I was like, what? Last night's was pretty good. It's actually about 25 minutes away from here. So me and Ethan were like, we got to like make our own. Oh, I was even saying I was going to go check out the one in Queens when I'm up. Yeah. Like, I, oh, where was where is it located? Uh, I don't know. Some some town I've never heard of. New Jersey. Okay. It was how how was it like because the, the preview looked like this like the sh the older chef guy was like gonna really start crossing swords with with Gordon. He does, and then you know they build it up, but then he doesn't really. I hate that. Like Hell's Kitchen, I'm okay is, with it. Hell's Kitchen is so famous for that. They're like on an explosive episode of on the yeah. most explosive episode of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, we see ambulances yep. rolling in. Yep, and somebody's like, "Ah, I cut my finger." Uh, don't, and then you watch the show, and it's like they cut their finger off. And then you see, like, on the actual show, it's like, "I cut my finger." Don't worry, I got a bandage on. We're ready to keep going, <laughs> Chef. Like, We're making breakfast for the fire brigade. Mind you, you think Hell's Kitchen's burning down I know. in the trailer? I know. Oh my goodness! All right, so that was our Gordon Ramsay uh, sidebar. We are seriously considering, folks, doing a full-on like gabbing about Gordo uh, podcast here. We might as well. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it's, it is becomes a, so season 10, by the way, we were like watching it and we were like, I don't like both, uh, my fiance and I were like, we hate everyone this season happens, unfortunately. And so we skipped the season. We were like, uh, oh, you can't do that. Come on. No, we skipped it. We did. We, we skipped it. She, she looked ahead and saw who won. I already knew who won okay. because it was the Christina season. Okay. And so I know that Christina is like his person now. Like yeah. she does everything with him. Yeah. So, she's great in that season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm th we're thinking we might go back and watch. I really like Clemenza. Yeah, you do. I like Clemenza. I, I messaged you about that. And he's pretty yeah. he was pretty good too. Um you know, he was um I just I just like that, you know, he has the name of a character from The Godfather. Right, of course. He talked to the capo regimes, including that fat Clemenza. <laughs> That's all I could talk about. 
every time he's on the on the screen, I make some Godfather reference. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Um, gotta love the Godfather. Uh, it is a classic. Yeah. Have you seen this thing, by the way? Speaking of like, I, I guess Italians, and this is another tangent. Like, you know what? Never mind. I'm gonna save it for the patron show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I really want to stay on topic here. The um. All right. So Winnie the Pooh has a meet and greet has now returned to um to Epcot. Okay. For, good. For, yeah. For uh after years of just wandering around the gardens outside the Imagination Pavilion. Yeah. With a butterfly net, Winnie the Pooh has finally returned to the United Kingdom. Guests can once again meet Winnie the Pooh at Christopher Robin's room starting daily at 11 a.m. Winnie the Pooh's current appearance times are 11, 11.30, 12 p.m., 140, 2.10, 2.40, 3.10, and 3.40. Uh, Winnie the Pooh moved outside during Epcot's reopening from the pandemic as part of the character sighting initiative where characters were located away from guests, and he has remained there ever since. Uh, now, this must have just happened because I was there just the other night and I saw Winnie the Pooh was, um, you know, just standing out there. Maybe he finally caught the butterfly because it seemed <laughs> like he was having years of uh, inability. Do you, do you think that was the hang up? Do you think it was like, you know, and you think even like when the butterfly garden was there. Like, here's my question about the butterfly garden at Flower and Garden. What happens at the end? Do they just like, take the tent down and the butterflies just all fly away? Maybe. Or are they like, you know, throwing gas bombs in there? Like, all right, all right, butterflies, you get a good season. They, they, maybe they relocate them to uh, another sanctuary. Or maybe they're butterflies. Can't they just fly off and like go live? Like, maybe. What's really the difference between like living in that tent and like living in the world? Like, it's they're flying around, they're drinking nectar or whatever. I mean, they're flying worms, Pete. How much care do they really need? like butterflies they're flying worms but yes I know. They're, they're, they're pretty cool all right a new color palette has debuted at the seas with nemo and friends okay that's interesting yes um so we have got um it, we've got a makeover going on which sees the light blue color covering most of the exterior replaced with beige beige peter mandel well <clears throat> nothing says disney's current aesthetic choices Quite like beige. Yes. Yeah. As part of the exterior refurbishment, these squawking mine seagulls have been removed. Come on, that's only temporary. The water splash effect is currently deactivated. Some of the fish on the mural wall have also been removed. The new paint scheme at the exit area is mostly complete, and it is big old beige. Yep. Why, why would they do this? Why would they like take away all the personality from this? Maybe this it building? looks great. I got to see it. It doesn't. I'm looking at it right now. It looks terrible. It looks just mm. like a big beige building. Work on the Seas Pavilion is taking place just ahead of the official opening of Journey of Water, inspired by Moana in the coming weeks, completing the World Nature Neighborhood. They better put those seagulls back. They're gonna. Come on. They have people to, right? Love, people love them, yes. I mean, that's like one of the coolest things. Like... Like when they changed um, the Living Seas to the Seas of Nemo and Friends, one of the things that softened the blow for a lot of people was those seagulls. Of course. They're so iconic. I know. Uh, Swirled Showcase has officially opened over in Epcot, the new soft serve ice cream location. Okay. Saw it open the other night, had a nice big line. Not not overly big, but, you know, big enough. 
The Marketplace kiosk opened a little later than its planned September 22nd debut, joining Char and Chop, Wine and Wedge, and Bubbles and Brine as part of the Disney 100 celebration at Epcot. Swirl Showcase serves up soft serve ice cream in waffle cones and floats, including alcoholic versions. Also on offer is a Mickey-shaped liquid nitro cake pop. So, All right. There you have it. Swirled Showcase with their frozen apple pie beverage. And their cinnamon apple cider, which I'm assuming is just apple juice. Are you going to try it, though? I feel like I kind of have to. Every time they offer an apple cider, I always try to get it just in hopes that like maybe this time it's going to actually be apple cider. And then it, it's not. And I get I get sad. Now, is Swirl, the thing I don't understand is, is Swirl Showcase going to be like a permanent fixture or is this a food and wine kiosk? Huh? That's a great question. Like, are they going to swap this out for every festival? I think they might. Maybe. But I don't know. Swirl Showcase. I feel like it might it might stay Swirl Showcase and they might just change the ice cream offerings in there for the that's festivals. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do, too. It's such a good name. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's it applies to anything. Name. Okay, so here's the here's where we get we're going to get a little bit into things that you might not like. Okay. The, the first barge has appeared in World Showcase Lagoon for Luminous. Now, we were thrilled when Harmonious ended and they removed the the Stargate gateway and all the big ugly eyesore barges from World Showcase Lagoon and we're like, "Oh, they're never going to make that mistake again." And now here we have a permanent ugly barge sitting in the middle of World Showcase Lagoon. One of six of the main firework and effect barges that will be in the in the lagoon permanently. I, I don't understand why I feel like we're going backwards on this. I mean, you know, for for how many years we had, um, you know, the barges just come in. Yep. Like when it was time to start setting up for illuminations. Yep. What is it about these barges that they need to be permanent structures? I don't know. I mean, have you seen it? It's 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 ugly. I mean, it's not huge, but it's ugly. I know. But now, yeah. are the other ones going to be bigger than this? Like, is this the big one, or is this like one of the really small ones? I'm hoping this is the big one. Obviously, I, I kind of have a feeling this is one of the very small ones because it's not very big. So you're going to have six barges sitting there in the middle of the lagoon. Hope you all enjoyed uh, World Showcase Lagoon. You know clean and pristine while it lasted because it ain't happening for much longer. All right. Hollywood studios news. This is a bit of news that I enjoy. Uh, we have new visual effects debuting at Muppet vision 3d. Okay. So you know what? Here's the thing. Everyone's saying Muppet vision 3d is not long for this world. Oh, they're going to get rid of it. They're going to, you know, like put something else there. Why would they keep that? Blah, blah, blah. They're adding to it. That's not a thing you do for something that you're getting rid of in the next few years. We've also been hearing this for so long. Come on, just stop. I, I know. Like, I think I feel like people do it just to hurt me. Maybe. Because, you know, I will have to chain myself to the front of that building if they ever try to knock it down. Yeah. All right. So Muppet Vision 3D at Hollywood Studios has a brand new in-theater projection effect. The Waldo bursting scene now includes projection mapped images that extend beyond the screen and along both sides of the theater. Cool. Yep. Uh, it's been enjoying some renewed maintenance efforts recently with new carpeting and seating installed in the theater and the return of the fog blast at the end of the screen that was missing for years. So they're, they're putting some money back into this now, Peter Mandel. Let's do it. I am so, so excited by this. I think that it is just 
awesome news that they are like once again like investing in this they're actually like you know putting effort into it like it just shows my vision 3d not going anywhere yeah good that makes me happy look and as as a henson fanatic you know like as someone who jim henson is his personal hero like this is the last thing he ever worked on like if it ever left i would be so sad i know i mean it it is like his last fingerprint on this world when before he died of very very treatable pneumonia because he did go to the doctor yep now we've got wrong sounding now we've got now we've got the single worst sounding kermit of all time it's okay things can always turn around be positive I'm i'm trying to i'm trying to that's my blood type there you go be positive um all right so that's the news this week all right not a lot of news but you know some we got some news this week it's only yeah, a week. i like it yeah you know sometimes no news is good news and it leaves more time for our e-ticket attraction of the week coming at you folks right after this this is bill farmer and you're listening to two men and the mouse Folks, we have been seeing a transformation in Walt Disney World over the last few years. We are seeing more of an infusion of IP, Disney IP, intellectual properties. That means, uh, you know, major brands and characters based on films and TV shows all over the place. And, uh, you know, what we have been starting to see is a huge initiative that has kind of been pushing forward into creating new IP attractions, character experiences, uh, and other just great themed areas. Uh, so while many people have opposed this idea, saying that it takes away some of the charm of more of the original, uh, you know, park characters and stories, others have really embraced it. And Pete and I are two of those people that have embraced it because at the end of the day, you go to Walt Disney World to experience Disney's intellectual properties. But what with every with all the blue sky concepts going, Pete and I thought maybe it would be a good idea for us to kind of talk about what would be really nice to see someday, maybe in the near future at some point, possibly if things align in, you know, potentially happening. So this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are detailing our underutilized IPs we would like to see in the in the Walt Disney World theme parks. All right. Like I'm excited to do this. Me too. And we might, we might even be able to go beyond five, honestly. Yeah, I wrote a whole bunch, and a lot yeah. of them were just, you know, like, complete ones that only I would like. But, yeah. you know. And at the end of the day, like, it, we're not going to have, like, full rides, like, picked out. But it's just kind of like, no, no. what IP do you want to see more of? And we're not, like, this isn't what IP do you think will be there. It's what would you right. like to see. Right. Because, like, I know probably 90% of mine you'll never actually see but you know it's it's nice to uh to dream so and Mar- marvel is not included this is like what would you like to see that is possible because with yeah the- i didn't do marvel or star wars i mean i figured i mean why why not star wars i feel like we can use a lot more star wars in the parks i would like that but it's also you know probably <laughs> coming eventually all right my number 1 right off the bat i have to say the one property that I think could be so great, especially in Epcot, Wally. I had that on my list also. I yeah. agree. Wally's big. 
huge while he's big. And so not for nothing, like, do you know anyone that likes Mission Space? Uh, no. Why not just knock it down and build a Wally attraction? I know. It'd be great. Especially because, like, right now, the parking, the space parking lots um, over in Epcot are Rocket, Gamora, Wally, and Eve. Right. So, I mean, a Wally ride would be so cool. And also, like, I've seen the technology available to have life-size Wally rolling around at every Comic-Con. Why can't we have something like that in the parks, like a meet and greet with Wally? Like, I'm pretty sure they had that in the past, like a Wally meet and greet somewhere in the studios. Hmm. Part of me feels like I remember it. Like, it didn't move or anything, but it, like, looked around and stuff. I I might be wrong. Maybe I'm, like, misremembering, but I could have sworn that was a thing for a while. Okay. (laughs) But, I mean, I have met Wally... Multiple times at Comic Con, same with R two D two, like you know, right, just of course. kind of rolling around because the technology exists. It's kind of like the push technology. Yeah. So I would love to see Wally. Or what, what, I would love that also. Um, and you know, the full gamut. I would like to see a Wally attraction, a Wally character, and like basically. I just feel like you have Mission Space, you have Flower and Garden in the same park, right? They, they both could. They both could have Wally. Why don't why don't they? Uh, the the mixture of the two would just be incredible. Yeah, I would love that. Utterly incredible. Yeah. Um, could, could you just imagine like a really cool like Wally dark ride like using like modern like you know maybe like the 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 ride vehicles or the floaty chairs? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so what are they trying to say about the guests? Uh. All right, so what is you? But then, like, it would be one of the rides that like like bigger folks can't actually fit on. So it would that's be not like, cool. No, it would not be. That would be a universal move. Um, <laughs> all right, so what do you got for your first one here? I think the biggest Disney IP that isn't utilized well, I should say, is Nightmare for Christmas. Okay. I mean, we usually see it utilized only at Halloween. So you think there's a, you think there's I just, a, I feel like this is I, just as far as like a license goes, right? Something <laughs> that they own. It's everywhere forever all right. the time. Right. Like I can't go into a hot topic without sections of Nightmare Before Christmas. You can yeah. anywhere. There is Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. I don't know why Disney can't. And by the way, it's not even like I really need a Nightmare Before Christmas ride. But I mean, I would like one. Like, I can't believe that they haven't utilized this enormous moneymaker. Of all the IP we talk about today, this is the big one. Yeah, probably. Probably what, maybe because it does not appeal to like 50 and up. It is more of a kind of a kid's thing, even though the movie's been out for 30 years. I don't know how mm-hmm. that they never they've always shied away from it in the beginning. And it literally took people loving it so much for them to finally acknowledge, oh, we can make some money on this. I'm yeah. just surprised it's never like been in the parks in a bigger way. I know, you, of course, you have Haunted Mansion Holiday and and that's a huge draw. But I, I just can't believe they've never done anything with it do you think that the appeal of it though would would lessen if it was there all the time um because like we well, get no. we get jack and sally at nightmare before christmas uh, all right i think he's not so scary we get them at, at christmas at the christmas party do you think that that would be would take away from that i don't i mean yes of course because you know you you'd have it more but you know, I don't think the 
demand would lessen because I think, especially in Disney World, every day is a lot of people's first time ever. Yes, agreed. So I, I just I can't believe that they don't do more with it. I'm more I, shocked than anything else. Yeah. All right. So my uh, my next one. And now this is just a personal choice for me. I I don't think this was a hugely profitable IP for them. Um, but I loved this movie, and I would love to see it represented even in just a character meet and greet. And that is Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay, didn't make my list. Um, I love that movie. I think it's. I think so, it's okay. It's so underrated, in my opinion. I mean, Raya. Raya's like, uh, like she's an official Disney princess. Is she? I believe so. And like, they kind of at the same time are like, mm. <laughs> I think it's okay. She I didn't is, think it was spectacular. Well, she they put her in the in the Magic Kingdom um character cavalcade. Like she's usually on top of the float. Right. So I mean she's present, but like not in any way that's like tangible, you know? Like I mean, I'm and I'm not saying like we need a Raya ride, like right. Because I don't think that would be very good. But I mean like a meet and greet and like one They didn't know. have a meet and greet when it was out? No. Not at all. They they don't do it. They you we look. Hollywood, you, Hollywood Studios used to be the place for whatever the the new yep. thing was. You know, you'd go into the animation courtyard, and there would be you know some character, the whoever the newest character was that you would meet. And and now the animation courtyard was turned into the launch bay, and the launch bay is pointless. Yeah, it really is. Now. There's nothing. There's no draw to the Star Wars launch bay when you've got Galaxy's Edge on the other side of the park. And yes, this is where you can meet Darth Vader. And like do an actual photo op with Chewbacca and BB-8, but I still think those things should have just been a part of Galaxy. Like, I actually was talking to somebody the other day about the um, the Mandalorian, uh, mean the, the Mandalorian disaster that happens every day. Yep. Uh, and I was like, why couldn't you just set him up with a meet and greet area under the guise of like Mando's recruiting a bounty hunting crew to like go on some big mission? So when you go in there, he's like. He's like interviewing you and like, like, you know, show me your best pose, like, show you know, like, like asking you questions about like, you know, that will all be part of the experience. Like you're going in there to audition to be a bounty hunter. Yeah, it's perfect. Like it would have been the perfect excuse to actually get a like legitimate character meet and greet in Galaxy's Edge that would work as opposed yeah. to as opposed to just letting him walk out there and letting the people mob him. Oh, it's amazing. It is. It's a disaster every day. It's just, oh, is there a big mob of people over there? Oh, Mando must be over there. And he's only like five six. <laughs> um, he's not very tall. Okay. I expected Mando to be like really oh, no. big. But all right, what do you got next? Um man, I, I have a bunch of choices, but the other one that I think we really need because I get yeah, I tend to really relate like the popularity of things to like merchandise things that like because i mean it's a great sign of like well people like this yeah. people want this and i know we we're supposed to get this and i'm still like angry that we don't but you got to put mary poppins in the park i mean she is in the park she is a meet and greet in magic kingdom uh yep mm-hmm. to me that's to very, me like that's very nice we need to put more mary poppins somewhere yeah i mean i'm with you and i, I the the fact that we didn't get this attraction was like I was like, come on, guys! Like, real, like we didn't, we didn't get so much that we were promised from from Epcot. And that's why, that's why you're getting the blue sky concepts now because you know these things might fall through. Um, 
much like Mary Poppins and the 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 play pavilion. Who knows if that's even still a thing? Right. Um. Yeah, but I mean, the only thing we've really got is a character meet and greet and the occasional appearance in like a parade or a, um, you know, character cavalcade. Right. But I mean, I, you know, we do at least have a character meet and greet. That's more than we've got for a lot of the other I know. things. On Build this. that ride. It was perfect. It's a great idea. It's it a was useless great area. area. Yeah. Where build were they it. gonna Where were they gonna build it in the UK Pavilion? Like where was uh, that? that? I don't know. Would they They wouldn't have taken away like the garden, would they? Or I mean, I hope so. Jeez. Uh, you know what? I think it might have been that those like those in the place of where those stores are in the back, where like yeah. like there's nobody like they haven't opened those stores in years. Right. You know, you got the one store like right up front, and then you got the tea shop. And all the others, and you know, the tea shop extends, and those stores have been open. But the ones on, like, if you're looking down the road there on the right side, those ones in the back have never reopened. So, but that's where Pooh Bear is, and they just put him back. So, I guess there's no plans to move forward with this. There is not. Yeah. All right, my next one is is a classic that it's it's a classic Disney animated feature. Used to have a presence in Animal Kingdom, but no longer does. Um, and I think it's it's just one. It is one of my all time favorite Disney movies. And that is the Jungle Book. OK, I mm. love the Jungle Book and and I wish there was more like we don't even have the Baloo and King Louie character meet and greet in Animal Kingdom anymore. Right. We used to at least have that. And, and that no longer happens. Um, I feel like, you know, Cali River Rapids could have been some kind of like bare necessities like you know, like floating down the river kind of thing. And once again, I know people are going to be like, no IP over existing, but that's what this list is about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I listen. And I don't want that either. I don't want every, <laughs> you know, park ride to now have IP. I don't, but I know what you're saying. I mean, I don't mind. I, I really don't mind putting IP into things. It's the reason why I'm there. Like when I go to, a, I know, but I, I don't need everything to have IP. Like when you do that, you do remove, you know, in a hotel mansion and pirates oh, and things that, you know, well, those things create, have, create IP. Yeah. Those things have become haunted mansion pirates. Um, figment. They've created their own IPs out of those. Like why yes. not take like jungle book characters and just put them like along the queue to the like safari or something. You know yeah. I mean? Like just, just subtle nods, not, you know, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, or at least just bring the character meet and greet back. Like, I, I love the Jungle Book so much. It's, it is, it is the only, it's the only Disney live action remake that gets like a like a perfect score from me. It is really good. It is the only one that I've ever been like, wow, that was really really good. Like, there've been co- a couple where I've been like, that was okay, or like I didn't hate that. Um, right. but the Jungle Book was the only one where I was like, wow, I would see that again. Even though they cut trust in me. Yeah. It was in the soundtrack though, and in the in the in the closing credits, you hear Scarlett Johansson singing "Trust in Me." Okay. Uh, all right. What you got next? I do. I mean, do you want something crazy? What What do you want? Throw me something crazy. All right. The craziest thing, and I would like a really subtle nod somewhere in the parks to John Carter. And this is just a me thing. John Carter. 
but I love those books. I grew up reading those books. I don't hate that movie. I don't mean I need some crazy meet and greet or ride or some crazy thing, but can I get some little, we have an entire park that's kind of dedicated to movies. Can I get by yeah. a tree somewhere, some kind of subtle, like, you know, logo or something that is like, Hey, look, we did make John Carter at one point. Or like the Roger Rabbit window in Hollywood studios. Yes. Like yes. Just Valiant. something like that. That's, Just for those of us that do love John Carter and Griffin yeah, you know what I, I I miss those little subtle nods. I don't think there's enough of me those too. Anymore. The last one I can remember is if in in Rizzo, in Pizza Rizzo, if you go up by the ballroom area and you look at the cork board, you can see like the faded yeah like remnants of like yep. the paw otter. otter yeah the yep. paw otter like memorial service was held yeah. there and Emmett, I, I love it i was like this is an Emmett otter's jug band christmas reference i also grew up on that so i yeah. mean i love that reference i took a picture of it last time you want another another kind of similar thing you want yeah, me to give sure. you another one go, go for it i believe disney owns the rights to home alone yes i think they do too how am i never getting a, a christmas home alone like reference i mean like how are we not getting the truck what are the bad guys oh my gosh the wet bandits. Yeah. Like, how am I not getting their truck parked somewhere in Hollywood studios during Christmas? We get or Holly- like a cart selling Christmas stuff that's somehow themed to like home alone. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Or or at least like some merch. Yeah. yeah some know, some kind of merch. reference. Home alone is a huge Christmas thing, right? We argue in my house Massive. all the time. My daughter, uh, my son loves Home Alone. My daughter loves Elf. And they literally fight. And I mean, angry and say things. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're fighting about a Christmas movie. But like. like Over like what's home- the better Christmas movie? Yeah. Like, you can watch both of them. I know. You would think that they'd be able to share. But <laughs> they can't. Like, they both think their movie is better. But Home Alone is. They're both staples of Christmas. And Home Alone's never. I get it. They didn't make it, but I'm surprised they don't use it in some yeah. kind of like holiday format. You know, Home Alone and Elf are probably the last two like major films that became Christmas staples. I would say Elf yeah, is definitely maybe. the Elf is definitely the last one that became like a Christmas classic. And yes, there have there have been other like Christmas movies that have come out, but like. Elf has Elf and Home Alone are up there with like a Christmas story, Rudolph, Frosty yep. the Snowman. Like it is yep. it is a can't miss part of the Christmas experience at this point. Ugh. Can I give you can I give you one more crazy one? Yeah, go for it. Can I get a Rocketeer reference at the uh there's not, theater? There used to be a Rocketeer reference somewhere in the park, wasn't there? I know, but there'd be such a cool like opportunity for them to just have like the Rocketeer like somewhere. I, again, I know no one cares about it, but I, you are it, the only Rocketeer fan on the planet. It, I am not. There is a cult following for Rocketeers. A bunch of us who love it. I, okay. Can I get some kind of reference? Disney made this movie. Like I, I feel like you know, I would love that. Okay, it's it, it. Hollywood Studios is a park for their movies, not just like their cartoons, but their movies also. I would just like yeah. to see some kind of a. Uh, but it, would you? I would argue that Hollywood Studios is not that park anymore. I agree, but I'm talking simple. I don't mean like you know a meet and greet or a yeah. ride. I'm talking. Can I get a Rocketeer somewhere? A picture of the Rocketeer. Yeah. Anything. There used to be subtle nods to the Rocketeer. I thought in Hollywood Studios, but back in like the areas that they wiped out for. You right. know, Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story. Um, but yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, the Rocketeer. That's interesting. Uh, so my next one is probably my favorite Disney movie. And okay. it's on here. It, it is represented in a certain way. 
but I would like to see more. And that is the sword in the stone. Okay. I love the sword in the stone. It is my all time favorite Disney movie. Merlin is maybe my favorite Disney character of all time. I I love, I love Merlin. I'm obsessed with Merlin. Like it's like, funny. My kid, my kids are afraid that when we go see Madame Mim at Oogie Boogie, that she is going to think that I'm Merlin. That would have been clearly when I'm clearly Yen Sid. That would have been a really cool costume for you, though. Or like you could do like the Merlin, where like he comes back. I just saw like a it was like merch or, oh no, it was um that wasn't merch. It was that big character mural in Epcot. The Merlin in there is like the Bermuda Merlin. Oh, that's when cool. he comes back from Bermuda and he's got like the big yep. shorts and the and the the shirt on. I I just think he's such a fun character, and he's great. Yeah. I, I would like love Archimedes. So uh, Archimedes is awesome. I would just love to see more more with them. I like that Archimedes is the voice of Piglet. Yeah, John Fiedler, right? I believe something like that. Yeah. Uh, my wife is very, very, very into. She's you know she doesn't really get too. She loves Disney, but she's not like crazy into like this one thing. Right. But Disney owls is something she's very into. Are there multiple? Yeah, like you have owl. Well, yeah, owl obviously. You have the owl from um, you know Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Like, yeah, there's a bunch. Um, let her know that a Disney owl and I got very up close and personal one time. She would side with the owl. I'm probably look, I mean, I was in its flight path, I guess. So right. Um, yeah, all right. So what else you got? I got Sword in the Stone. All right, I'm trying to think. Oh, you know, here, I'll give you another realistic one. And you're gonna say it's represented all over the park, but it isn't. And again, let let's use my formula of like taking, you know, merchandising over the last 20 years. <laughs> okay. And relating it to things in the park. Now, of course, you could say like Mickey, right? Because like we just got Mickey ride. Mickey's yeah. the biggest merchandising. But this is something more modern that might be the actual largest merchandising character in the parks. Toy story. And we've used it, but we haven't really used it. I I can't believe there's not some kind of representation of Stitch in a ride. I mean, there was. And don't tell me that's not a ride. I mean, it's it, not a ride, and that wasn't really for kids. How is there not? Awful, yeah. um, I go on ET when I'm in Universal Studios, so like this is cool. We're on ET's planet. How how is there not? You can't go anywhere in Disney without seeing Stitch merchandise anywhere. Yeah, it's huge. Literally but, huge in some cases because they got that really big, huge stuff stitch. But like, there's no stitch ride with like a bunch of like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. That is really weird. Like I you mean, could do like a Hawaii themed, like you could do whatever you want. You put an adventure off to this planet. Like you could go anywhere with it. Yeah, how could he? How is he not in Adventureland? Like I just can't believe the popularity of the character, <laughs> and it equates to zero like ride reference in the park. Uh, it's just really weird to me. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. <clears throat> I'm with you on that. And yes, you know he's character meet and greets, obviously, and you know he, there's multiple variations of him, but yeah. I can see that they need they do need some kind of a stitch attraction, um, you know. All right, my next one is represent. I have I have one kind of like this. It's represented in the park, but it's like, it's it like it could it like I think that it is grossly underrepresented it underrepresented based on like how beloved it is. Uh, Tangled. Yeah, like how like how do you have this like Disney princess that is so it became so iconic so quickly. And her only representation is a bathroom. Yeah. You know, 
it, it's you know rapunzel's uh you know tower being upwind of the bathroom is is like you know, isn't there a way that we can like figure out a way to do even maybe through like drones or something like do the lantern the lanterns. have them have, like every night could you imagine if you did that yeah. And it doesn't have to be like in Magic Kingdom. Imagine if you did that over like, I don't know, one of the lagoons or something. Yeah. Like every night you release the lanterns and they floated away. And I don't mean, you know, to damage the ozone or anything. I mean, you know, you have them then return somewhere. You might turn drums. the light off. Right. I, I just think that that would be something really like powerful for people to see. I'm honestly shocked they've never done anything with that. It, it, I know. It, it's like, and yes, you could meet Rapunzel in a bunch of places. She's included wherever the princesses are included. She's in the, you know, um, the Mickey Friendship Fair show. But yep, I think she is just such an underrated. She's my favorite princess by far. I, huh. I I really love her. Okay. Yeah. I think she just got overshadowed. She got snowballed, pun intended, by the, the, the phenomenon that was frozen. Right. Because it came out right afterward. And I used to always say Tangled is an infinitely better movie. I don't think it is, but I do uh, love it. All right. So those that's my five. So I know you got more. So, you know, I, I, just I thought, have ideas. I thought of another one. Okay. Give it to me. Phineas and Ferb. Um, yes, I know yeah, it's a no, cartoon I, show. Yes, I know it's TV. Yes, I know it's over. But, I mean, aren't they bringing it back? They are bringing it back. Listen, I think the problem when you're talking like syndicated shows like that is I don't know if they maintain the popularity long enough mm -hmm. to sustain like a ride that we want to be there for four decades. You right. Know? Mm -hmm. Might I then raise you DuckTales? Love it. DuckTales is from a little bit of the same thing. But it's iconic over the years. You have two different versions of DuckTales. One of them, I know. One, of them, don't one think... of them being classic, one of them being awesome. I don't think it has the popularity for people to really recognize it over the course of like, you know, double digit years. But I know what you're saying that and I that, would love it. That DuckTales show was the with the David Tennant one. I loved it. We, I just watched an episode of it the other day and I was laughing so hard. It was the one where they're playing golf in the in like the mystical realm and they got the voices of the My Little Pony. Yeah ponies to be the kelpies and they're trying to drown them the entire time the part that gets me the the most is when the one kelpie is doing the the webby webby's voice like hey guys let's go ride on the kelpies and then like you see you see them you see them doing the voice it's like i'm the small girl duck you can trust me <laughs> by the way the water's great <laughs> like oh the kelpies were so so funny and like, look, at the end of the day, you had to change Scrooge McDuck's voice. Obviously, the voice actor passed away. There right. was no one better in the world to do it than David Tennant. And I loved the way they they like introduced that concept, because do you remember the 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 cast reveal video for DuckTales? I don't. It was um, the entire cast was introduced one at a time singing the theme song. And it, okay. op it opens up with um, Huey, Dewey and Louie, which was, um, you know, Jean Ralphio, the guy from Community and um, Bobby Moynihan. And it opens up with them singing. You're like, OK. And then, like, you see the guy from SNL's launch pad. And you're like, OK. And then you see um, uh, what's her face from. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the girl who played Webby. She was in the she's everywhere. And she was in that um, that band or like duo. You know who I'm talking about. 
I don't, but okay. All right. Well, she popped up and I thought I was like geeking out over that. She's amazing. She was in Scrubs. She was Gooch on Scrubs. Didn't see she, Scrubs. She was Raj's first girlfriend that climbed out the window to get away from him. Oh, I really like her. Yeah. yeah. She's Webby. Um, okay. You know, it shows Beakley and you're like, oh, this is really cool. Like they've got like some really like big name people. And then they show David Tennant when he going, danger looks behind you. And everyone flipped out. He was such a good Scrooge McDuck. He's great. He's great in everything. Yeah. He's the best part of Ahsoka. I won't go that far, but he's great in it. He makes that show infinitely better. I mean, I was like, yeah, can they I, all do. I was like, can I just get a Hu Young series? Like, just him, like, you know, if, if they end up doing an Ezra and Jason spinoff, Hu Yang has got to be with them. I would love that. Especially if Ezra is training Jason, it would make sense to have Hu Yang with them. Since he is a training droid. Right. I loved like the scene where he's like training Sabine and like he's having her do like the different lightsaber forms and I loved it. David Tennant. It's so good. David Tennant's a treasure. I'm excited for him to be the doctor again for four episodes. All right. He is the third. He is the 14th doctor. Are you a Broadchurch guy? I love Broadchurch. Did you you watch the Broadchurch American Companion? No, I did not. Uh, What's apparently literally the same thing? It's the same exact show, but he uses an American accent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's, it's the whole cast the same or is just David Tennant. I don't know if it's the entire cast, but um... so my 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 grandmother has never like binged a show before. But okay. like so I when I was home one time for something and I was just watching Broadchurch and I had it on and she was like, oh, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's this, this like mystery show. And, and so I started it over. We started watching it. We binged the entire first season in one sitting. And my my grandmother brings it up all the time. She's like, oh, my God, do you remember the time that we watched that whole show in one day? I'm like, yeah, Nana, it's called <laughs> it's called binge binge watching. And we did it <laughs> like because she's never done anything like that before. And she thought it was the coolest thing. That's so funny. My mother came home and like she's starting to like try to talk to us during it. We're like, because at that point, we're like getting toward the end. I tried to watch the second season, though. Couldn't get into the second season. Oh, OK. I felt like that was a one season show. Like, like that was, we told one story and it was good, but I'll, I'll watch David Tennant and anything. Right. You ever see this really great heartwarming video where David Tennant, um, like they honor, he gets surprised with like a, like being honored with like a, like a special award at an award show and they keep the camera on him. And it's like this, he's, he has no idea what's going on. So he's just like watching and he's just like, oh, cool. It's a thing. And then he realizes it's for him. And it's like, yeah. he like starts, like he starts crying. They have like everyone from his past, like pops up on the screen to like talk about how great he is. And then Catherine Tate pops up and, and she's like, starts making fun of him or something like that. It's really good. That's uh, awesome. I just, I've loved David Tennant is how I fell in love with Dr. Who. That so. guy's Barty Crouch Jr. He is also Barty Crouch Jr. That was how it was put over to me. It was like, oh yeah, um, you know, it starts off with the guy who was the um, you know, the invisible guy in Heroes, and then he turns into Barty Crouch Jr. I was like, all right, I'll give that a try. He was, I mean, he was the best. I know everyone's like the classic who's like, oh, Tom Baker. Like, no, David Tennant is Doctor Who. Like for me, like he is. I think for a lot of people, yeah. And you know know what I love about David Tennant as Doctor Who, and I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but. He was such a Doctor Who fan. Like he was a super fan and his doctor 
was Peter Davison, the fifth doctor. Like he loved him. That's why his doctor takes a lot from Peter Davison. Like he, he like, you know, he takes a lot from the costume. He wears like, 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 you know, shoes and like, like sneakers instead of like, um, he wears, David Tennant wears Converse, but, um, they did. And they even did like a special where the two of them meet called time crash. Okay. Which, you know, David Tennant says to him, like, how much he loved being him. It, like he's like he's like, you know, there have been a lot of doctors, but you were my doctor, or something like that. And like it just then David Tennant had the ultimate victory. He married the fifth doctor's daughter in real life. So now his he gets to call the fifth doctor dad. Wow. All right. That's that's winning, right? Like that's winning as a fanboy. That is definitely something. Right? All right. What else you got? Uh, here, let me give you my the last ones that are on my list because okay. they're actually kind of important. Okay. I think a big one that they should really do something with is Emperor's New Groove. I don't yes. even know just in the parks, but it is probably the most single underrated movie Disney's ever made. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about it. Nope, me neither. I think they should probably figure out something to do with that. I mean, you could get David Spade easily and you already get uh, Patrick Warburton for everything. Right. So. Right. And he's so good. Uh, uh, another one, they should really make a show slash live action movie of it. Atlantis. It's a boy adventure. You can do something with it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Atlantis is great. Treasure Planet is great. You know, those two are, right. are unbelievable. Maybe not Treasure Planet, but Atlantis is really great. And mm-hmm. my last one, I do have a really soft spot for Meet the Robinsons. I would like to see some kind yeah. of, uh, especially because it ties in some Walt stuff. And It does. I don't I would love to see, especially because it's based in the future and and an inventor. Again, there's some place in Epcot where you could have a little corner dedicated to something from Meet the Robinsons. I've seen a lot of people um, with Atlantis, like fantasy casting. Um, like they're like you could easily have like um, Tom Holland and Zendaya play the leads in that. Oh, that'd be interesting. And like that's your live action movie. Like it would be such a good yeah. adventure movie. I honestly, with all the live, like, why are we getting a live action Bambi, but we're not getting like what could be like, like nobody cares about Bambi at the end of the day. Like B- Bambi is not a movie that anyone has watched in the last 50 years. It's a movie. It's it's maybe like, oh, there's a really cute like Bambi, like, like plate that's cute because it's got a cute deer on it. And I'm going to buy it. Yeah, but, didn't make either of our lists here. No, at all. And we're getting a live action Bambi. But but why not go with something like, hey, here's an animated film grossly underrated has a cult following what if we just made an awesome live action like because that could be the definitive version of it for a lot of people right as opposed to making a new little mermaid where like it's such a beloved thing everyone is going to micro like put it under a microscope well it's why you were talking about the jungle book live action it's why it's so well received because honestly most people don't care about the jungle book exactly so the live action was this like kind of more eye-opening uh, event than somebody watching the Jungle Book. I mean, well, and, and you know, and I understood why they kept doing it because the Lion King made like a billion dollars and Aladdin made a billion dollars, but Little Mermaid right. hit a wall, like it bombed gloriously. So well, yeah, I mean, listen, it it didn't bomb, and it did happen at a time where you know the the box offices were so inundated with films because of the COVID backup. But this is the this is the Little Mermaid. It's it I get is it. It is one of the biggest Disney IPs of all time. You're I telling me that 
anything under a billion dollars for this was a failure and this was well under a billion i know uh, but you know you know how this year was every listen if you weren't barbie or super mario this was a tough year there was something new out every week every week we've had summers like that before i never like this we never had the backup like this uh, i don't know listen everyone told me elemental bombed oh elemental bombed oh guess what surprise it didn't Remember, well, it stuck around for a long time. It did. And it was kind of the little engine that could like it just kind of kept like right. doing decent numbers. And now Elemental is apparently very popular on Disney Plus. You know, I actually it's really good. I made this point to someone recently that I think that what needs to happen is Disney just needs to stop putting animated films in theaters. Put them direct to Disney Plus. Mm, I don't and like I, that. At the end of the day, these movies bomb in Kanto bombed in movie theaters and it, then it became one of their most profitable current ips that they're like blue sky concepting areas of parks around because they come the turnaround from theater to disney plus is so quick now that if i'm if i'm a family of five and i know it's like 15 dollars a person now to go to the movies plus snacks and all that other stuff i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna wait watch it at home we can right. rewatch so, it a million times. Listen, that's a whole different argument, but it really becomes what's more important to them, Disney Plus streams or box office dollars. And right. it was never more evident when we released The Haunted Mansion in July, mm-hmm. which makes absolutely no sense other yeah. than it will hit Disney Plus right in time for Halloween. Right now, and, right now Disney Plus matters way more to their business than, than box office. Right. I don't exactly understand that. I'm still a little kind of confused on the streaming model, how ultimately (laughs) long-term this is going to relate to dollars, but whatever. The problem is the streaming bubble kind of burst and you know, it's you're, you're putting all this money into things, but you're not getting the return. And now, but now you also can't go back. You can't like suddenly like take streaming away because this is like how people consume content now. So now it's a matter of, you have to figure it out. I think on the writer's strike, the deal they came up with is like writer residuals now are only going to hit like majorly if I think it's like 20% of the subscriber base watches your show. Okay. So you have to actually get the views in order to get the residuals, which I mean is good because now they're actually going to like worry about like quality of content. Right. Uh, Because I mean, I mean, we're in such a creative, like, black hole lately as far as movie, like content goes on on stream because it's just a, such a mad rush to put out more content that i feel like we're not getting the quality that we should be getting no you're gonna unfortunately i think see that slow down also yeah which you know what i'm okay with one marvel show a year if it's a really good marvel show see like, i don't know if that's what you're gonna get though i think you are gonna get i hate to say this but i think you're gonna pay more first off for less shows with much lower budgets and mm. it's like it's it's the worst possible turn but it's the only i think real profitable one i mean i don't understand why disney hasn't adopted an ad like an ad model yet like well they they have it's okay kind of, it's coming it's already been announced yeah because i mean look and I, i'm the guy who like when one of these streaming services comes out and with ads i'm like i'll pay for the no ad version like i pay for the no ad version of peacock i pay for the no ad version of hulu so I also think that they need to just at this point fold Hulu into Disney Plus and that is coming off though. Yeah, because that is said like the fact that they're like split between those two platforms is dumb. 
But I mean, they have to finish paying off uh, Universal for that, don't they? Yeah, but I believe that's like almost up. Yeah. Yeah, but Universal is apparently asking for an exorbitant amount of money for it, like way more than it's worth because they know that Disney has to buy them out. Yeah, but that can also be resolved. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Any other IPs you got? I think that's it. Let me look at my list real fast. Can I can I offer one that's that's kind of out there outside the box? Sure. Star Wars. And I mean Star Wars. I mean original trilogy and prequel stuff. We have nothing other than like a little bit of Star Tours sometimes. Yeah, I know, but you know the Star, fact that Star Wars is Star Wars. You yes. still have an you have an A wing parked out there. You have an X wing parked out there. No, you have you have a, you have a you have a billion. You can dollar, build a lightsaber. You have a billion dollar land slavishly anchored into the worst period in the history of Star Wars between the two worst Star Wars movies. I so, agree with you, and I'm I'm with you on that. But we made that choice already. Like, could you so. imagine if like Galaxy's Edge was? three different parts like three different like little lands one of them is the original trilogy one of them is the prequel trilogy one of them is the sequel trilogy wouldn't that goes against it goes against what they wanted as far as an immersive experience right but you know know what you're saying at the end of the day what's more important like the fact i'm with you you know like because i agree but we but we've already made this this we this choice has already been made i know but they know what if what if they built disney world in georgia well i guess what it's not some sorry like they've already built it the the prompt the problem here is that they don't even do the immersiveness anymore right i know like it's nowhere near as immersive as it was when it opened no and it doesn't even work most people don't want the immersiveness it's yeah it's not something that everyone we you learned and, and when it came out, we were like, oh, this is so cool. And like, you know, for the first like month or like first year, even it was really cool. And then we were just kind of like, like most people don't want this. And I think it was kind of a swing and a miss. Which, you know, it's just kind of like. Par for the course with how they've kind of handled Star Wars in that in that opening bit, like Last Jedi. Right. Let's do it. Let's do the most important movie trilogy of our time, but not plan any of it out. Let's just see what happens. Let's just let two egomaniacs play tug of war with it. Well, I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like we were insistent on having different directors and partially because JJ did not want to do the whole thing. And yes, the original trilogy had three different directors, but only one writer. Right. And because J and the original trilogy was, I mean, look, yes, George didn't plan things out entirely, but we're in a different era now and things need right. the, the prequel trilogy. You bet your butt that was planned out. You know, the reason why the infinity saga works so well is because it was planned out. It's because they had a 30 year old book to take the ideas from. Yes. But also I mean, look, the sequel, the sequel trilogy should have been the biggest slam dunk in the history of the world. But JJ wanted to come in and do what JJ does, which is JJ wants to set up a bunch of mysteries that he has no idea what the answer is for them. And then he figured somebody else would have to take care of it. And then somebody else took on, took it on and, and ruined it. This round headed simpleton came in and just ruined it. I get very passionate about this. I know you do. You do too. I do too. I, I don't, I don't hold on to the negativity that you kind of universally have. Yeah. Well, it's just hard. Like, I get angry when I, when I see it because I'm like, this should have been so easy. And like, and look, I love the force awakens. I actually, I stand by the force I awakens. Too. I think it's a great movie. Um, And then it just, it just goes off the rails. It goes off it the rails. Does. 
All right. Well, on that negative note, anything else you want to add this week? Uh, no, we ended on a down note here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're kind of talking about like what should be in the parks. That's not. That's so true. It, it, this this was kind of like, I guess, designed to almost be kind of like a longing, like what could have been a uh, topic. But yeah, um, let's talk about something like really like, you know, what things something we like. I mean, you know, I love what they're doing for the hundredth right now in Epcot. I got to see a lot of it. Um, we, you know, Journey to Imagination had a twenty minute wait the other day. Wow, it was so packed. Like it, there wasn't even a Moana meet and greet or Moana uh, preview that day, and it was ridiculously packed. And I'm like, why? Why is it so packed? Then I realized, Boys to Men were playing that night, and yeah, the boy, the line for Boys to Men went from the America Gardens Theater. Stretched all the way back into that Africa area. People love boys to men. People do. Did you get your picture of Figment yet? No, we were going to, and when we got out of uh, Journey to Imagination, he wasn't out there. Joy, Joy was out there. So I guess they don't have them at the same time. Hmm. However, we we did go to the Disney Visa card holder spot, uh, you know, to get our our Minnie and Pluto, uh, you know, photo because it's always Minnie and Pluto. Walk back there, Mickey and Goofy. Oh, cool. I was overjoyed. Like, because, you know, like, they don't let you know who's going to be back there. I know. We just talked about that. Yeah, we just talked about this. And, like, I literally turned the corner. I'm like, and here's Minnie and Pluto. And it was Mickey and Goofy. And I had the biggest smile on my face. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, they actually gave me, like, a dynamic duo. Love it. Love it. Yeah. The only thing that could have been better would have been if it was Donald and Goofy. That'd be great, too. Yeah. I love me some Donald and Goofy together. Maybe that's because I love Kingdom Hearts. All right. So as you are preparing to leave uh, for a week of Disneyland fun, anything else you want to add this week? No. Uh, uh, next right. week I'll have have stuff to talk about. Well, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Masters week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you love our good friend Peter Mandel as he heads off to Disneyland, check him out at Rogue Comics over at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you are planning a trip anywhere throughout the world, but specifically any of the Disney uh, properties, check out our friends over at Away With Me Travel. Send Justin a nice email over at show at awaywithmetravel.com and they'll get you hooked up on the vacation of your dreams. And of course, folks, our Patreon, please check it out over at patreon.com slash two men in the mouse. We have uh, tiers ranging from $3 all the way up to $50. And, you know, um, recently we've been producing some amazing content for it. Even more is coming. We got a big content week this week because we're catching up from the weeks where I was sick. Uh, so, so much content coming to Patreon this week. So if you were ever going to join it, this is the week to do it. Uh, Patreon.com slash two men in the mouse. It's number two men and the mouse. And for me, folks, my books, the Ross and Annie series available on Amazon.com under the name Kevin J. Kessler. All my other books are available uh, under the name Vincent Valentine. That's V-A-L-E-N-T-E-A-N. I have everything there from Haunted House to EMP Apocalypse to Detective Kidnapping Mystery to Paranormal Mystery. So check them out um, over there on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook formats. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? I will see you in two weeks. Two weeks after your Disneyland trip. Please, folks, yep. keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men. Mouse. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away
If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us. This has been YDF Media Productions.